This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. How much, how much for a ticket? Retail, so. Right. <laughs> I'd pay 100 bucks. You'd pay 100 bucks for a ticket? How about you? Um, 25 well, I'll tell you what, for $5, you can join our Patreon and be entered to win. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Record. Record. That's recording. Mixer's recording. The camera's recording. You got the sound floor. Yeah, we're good. We have ums prepared. <laughs> That's our checklist. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. All right. Welcome to episode 60 of the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast. Today is February 14th. I am your host, Gus. I'm Matt. And today we are joined by... Working Man Bill Hunter. We got Butch and Lance with us today. And we're Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Very excited. We've been uh, trying to go... Uh, through this group chat that we're in and find <laughs> hunters to come and talk about the mistakes they made and, and other things. And uh, and we got a bunch of t- just topics that we want to chat with them on. But before we get started, this is you said this vertical, the five-year is your favorite, huh? Yeah, it's one of our, our favorites. Uh, we're a big fan of Pinhuckle Raw. Um, yep. Really enjoy the ride, but uh, I would say their um, straight-up bourbon's a good bottle. I think we got uh, one from Liquor Barn in uh, Kentucky. We got their store select vertical five or six year. So, yeah, they're good. It's good juice. Well, this episode's code word of the uh, week is vertical. So put vertical in those comments down there, and then you will be entered to win when we do the next drawing. So put vertical in the comments. And this is so – we're drinking pinhooks. This ball is powered. This episode's powered by pinhook vertical. Let's give this a pop. Hey, it's not bad. Ooh. Not bad. So we actually got this in a pappy lottery, and this is what we received. <laughs> So that was a consolation prize, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Participation trophy? Yeah, they sent, was it four bottles? Yeah, it four was, or five. It was supposed to be uh, a grand total value of at least $250, and with one in 200, getting the chance to win a, bo- a bottle of Pappy. Of course, we didn't get the bottle of Pappy, but we got, I don't know, 
even if you follow strict MSRP, it wasn't $250 worth of stuff. And if you use secondary prices, it was still cutting it close. It was a little bit of a burn, but yeah. what are you going to do? You live, you learn. I knew I wasn't going to get Pappy. Anyone that's ever done a whiskey giveaway knows that that goes to a friend that just <laughs> happened to win. <laughs> I'm not that juice butter tastes really good to you guys because you paid enough for it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I had a question before we even start. I saw, well, I mean, we're started, but before we start questions, I see you post all the time that you're, are you editing stuff for on Sportsman Channel or you also are on the Sportsman Channel? So both. Um, So I've teamed up with uh, Jeremiah Boythoffer. He founded Mountaintop Outdoors. This is our second season on the Sportsman's Channel. Nice. Um, this is my first season with um, Mountaintop, where he actually uh, hired me on to be the executive producer and full-time editor for all the episodes. So um, if you watch Mountaintop Outdoors, you'll actually see uh, Lance and I. We have uh, three to four episodes this season. So two of them have already aired on the Sportsman's Channel um, already. Oh, Very cool. cool. I didn't know that you guys were on the show too. The only thing I ever see yeah. is uh, B Man stunting it through the uh, through the airport. <laughs> airport, just <laughs> he's the all star. Yeah, he, he really carries is. it. He's two does down now, right? Yeah, he has uh, two uh, two does, and then he shot the buck this year, which will be airing on the Sportsman in probably six weeks. Nice. And what time are y'all? Was that on the Sportsman channel? So we can have it here. Wednesday, seven thirty Eastern time, PM. All right. Write that down. Yeah. Put, put that in the show notes for people. Yep. yep. Yeah, like I said, I uh, um, the executive producer, and then I edit all the all the content you're going to see on the show itself. So it's pretty cool. Um, the, out of the 13 episodes, um, eight of them are Jeremiah, or eight or nine are going to be Jeremiah and his uh, his hunts, and the rest are going to be um, my hunts. Lance has filmed two of them that have already aired: my Ohio buck and my Texas buck, and then uh, my other buddy Wes, my partner. He uh, he filmed B-Man's um, Texas Buck. Nice, nice, awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. It's, so, a, it's, a, it's a good setup, guys. When did when did Lance show up? I know Wes was there in the beginning, and then Lance showed up when Wes couldn't make it one trip. <laughs> 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 Wes was like, Look, bro, you're gonna run a camera. How you feel about that? <clears throat> and that's kind of how it went. Um, Lance and I. Lance is like my my, my bourbon brother. Hence the Bourbon Brothers Instagram page. Yeah, um, that we have and um, nice little plug there. Um, and, uh, we were drinking one night, Wes couldn't make it, you know, family obligations. And I said, Hey bro, uh, do you want to learn how to run a camera in manual mode? And he's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, sure. Why? I'm like, why did you go film a hunt? Uh, no pressure. You're filming for national TV. So, um, and I, obviously he did a good job. Both hunts, um, were able to be edited and, you know, and aired. So nice. pretty cool story. Yeah. Matter of fact, the, uh, the, the, the one episode, um, we show about a six minute segment of how the whole hunt came about with me educating him how to, you know, film in manual mode. And it was pretty cool. Nice. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy the, uh, the approach you take with, with some of your filming and, and some of the, the content you, you choose to create where, uh, where a lot of other channels and shows uh, skip past the part of, of folks learning and getting introduced yep. to things for the first time, you guys kind of embrace that. And I think your yep. your your two part series that you have so far uh, with your son speaks speaks volumes um, to that. I, I I thought that was a really really cool way to capture that and document that moment. Um, you know, looking back on that, I wish I would have done something similar with with my oldest boy when he was uh, getting into it. That'd, 
be something cool to hang on to. And and he handled it mm-hmm. like a champ. That first doe that he missed, I'm sure there was stuff that you know you don't see off camera, but he, it looked like he handled that like a champ. Yep. Um, first, I think it's pretty cool that you you can reference that hunt. Um, means a lot that you you guys watched that. I appreciate that right yeah, there. Definitely. Um, very cool. And uh, first off, yeah, I think B Man is the uh, definitely hit of the team. People love him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was actually uh, um, he was fired um, when he shot and and you know I didn't show a lot of the emotional of him being upset in the blind. Sure, but he was. Yeah. And uh, to him to come back full circle and you know lock it up and be able to shoot pretty cool so yeah it's it's uh it's stressful sure uh, a lot of anxiety a lot of emotions mm-hmm. let me tell you what it's it's the greatest thing on earth to watch uh, your child go to the woods and connect on the animal yeah. um his raw emotions i'll uh i'll give a funny um forever just to be a part of that yeah i've said that i think i've said that more times than i can count i would absolutely give up ever taking another deer if i could if i could sit and watch my kids have successful hunts over and over again I don't completely agree, man. Yeah. It's, it's special. It's, um, and I, I like that. I like that, that video, that, uh, you know, that short film and you, you were talking about keeping it fun for kids. Cause he and I have talked about that. Um, you know, Matt and I have talked about that. Like, how do you keep a kid engaged and, and really, really at that age, it's whatever you have to do. Right. So to me, it's just about keeping them outside and keeping them in the blind and eventually, whether it's a, a, a puzzle or a game on the on the tablet, right? They start to associate being in the blind with fun, uh, and as long as they keep that association, it, it'll eventually take care of itself. They'll lose they'll lose interest in the iPad eventually. <laughs> okay, what you just said is really key. Uh, I'm trying to little by little separate the iPad or the Nintendo Switch and the blind, sure. and less Absolutely. and less that, and more and more of watching animals or watching nature. Yep. Um, he just turned eight in January and, uh, we, this, this, um, January, we took him down to Texas for his birthday gift for, you know, a, his hunt. And, um, we, I, we went to Kentucky in September and didn't see a deer. That's tough for yeah. three days of a seven-year-old at a time and not see a deer. That's sure. tough for an adult, man. It's tough for an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that feels like. <laughs> However, I thought it was a good learning experience to realize that's, that's hunting. That's the reality. And, uh, you know, the advantage of Texas is this was still fair chase. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of deer in Texas and we were blessed to see a lot of deer and, uh, which allowed him to put the iPad down and spend more time watching deer. So, um, I, I do think little by little that, that will transition away. And to be candid, I think uh, us adults are on our phones a lot in the blind. So we're just as guilty. Yeah, as absolutely. Major, right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. I spent uh last time we were in Kentucky, I had no cell phone service, but I had, a. Uh, Doodle jump, I think, and it's it's you know like hour eight, and you're just so I'm like doodle jumping, and I I look up, and there's a doe staring at me, and it's like ah, you're an idiot, just ruined it. Just she she knows she knows you're here because you're sitting here going, uh, trying to doodle jump. And but isn't it true that the best times hunting is when you have no cell phone service? Yeah, absolutely. And you can separate for the from the world. Um, it's one of the reasons why I love, love hunting in northern Canada. You go hunting and you're separated from the world. And as you see, I'm on the phone with work and, you know, it's just how it is. Where when you go hunting in the Midwest, you always have service. You're never disconnected. So yeah. when you can be able to go in the woods and leave everything, I don't think there's anything better. Yeah, there's something definitely that happens, I think, at a maybe a primal level whenever we're able to completely disconnect and you have to 100% in, in sort of 
be in the moment with the hunt. It, it takes, it takes that experience to hold. Cause I know, you know, I have, I've had hunts where, um, I can think of one in particular, it was towards the end of the season and I was trying to get another, another deer for the freezer. It's pouring down. It's cold. And I've got cold weather gear and rain and rain gear on. So I don't have my phone out cause it's really pouring rain. And that was one of the most fun hunts. I saw more action in that rain and ha- just being perfectly still. Cause I wasn't tempted to mess with the phone or fidget. Yep. Um, and I came home and my wife was like, that must've been miserable. And I was like, I was cold, but I had a, you know, had a lot of fun. Um, just getting locked into the hunt. I think uh, when you're able to completely disconnect, it, it makes a huge difference. What are y'all drinking? I see heaven hell there. Yes. Heaven hell. Ballon Bond. There you go. Yes. Did you pour one yes. yet? What's that? Y'all poured one yet? Poured one. It's almost gone. Yeah. Good deal. Just making sure. Cheers. Cheers. I do like the uh, pin hook. I like it, man. I can it's see good. why you like it. I, I actually, we talked a little bit of trash on it when we got it, but um, I do enjoy it. I'm a big uh, unfiltered fan. So, yeah, not bad at all. It's yeah. better than I expect for five years. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's accessible either. Unlike the bottle that's to your right, that's damn near not accessible. And good, good juice for a, a low proof bourbon just is. Probably overpriced, right? Well, since we're here, if you were going to do a razzle for this bottle, how much would you pay for a ticket? Um, well, I just got two bottles at retail, so. <laughs> how much, how much for a ticket? I just got two bottles at retail, so. Right. <laughs> I'd pay 100 bucks. You'd pay 100 bucks for a ticket? How about you? Um, 25 Well, I'll tell you what. For $5, you can join our Patreon <laughs> and be entered to win. That's pretty cool. There you go. <laughs> we're giving it away at the end of the month, so. That's well, a, we saw right that one for you guys. Yeah, you so. did, and I was hoping that you would. <laughs> yeah, no, no it's, it's a, a good price. Did you got a good? Um, I, we will not make our money back on this bottle. I can tell you that. So you got a really good chance of winning it. Just <laughs> letting you know. That's true. For anybody listening, you could literally join for one month and then cancel. And uh, I mean, that's fine if you want to do that. It's enough that I make. I may create some fake accounts yeah. and you know, <laughs> register. Register. You know, five five dollar. Uh, we can do that agreement. <laughs> we'll split it with you. You send me half back. And I'll, I'll make you the winner. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll all create 10 accounts, make a little hype thing going. Yeah. Get other people to dive in. Get it moving. I think we got 18 people in there, so it's pretty good odds. Plus, you get <laughs> access to the Discord, and that's where all the fun is. That is where all the fun is. But yeah. yeah. So the struggle is real, right? Yes, to say the least. And that's, you still go by that? I remember that was used to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, I say a lot early on, and, um, I think everybody can relate to that. You know, I, I don't, I don't think we walk around acting like we're some victims that life's so hard. I think what we're saying is it's tough to want to have a career, have a family, have a hobby, um, take your kids out, hunt yourself, go film your buddies. I think that's all we were trying to say, right? It's, it's not necessarily hunting is a struggle, but it's, it's tough to balance all this. Um, one of the things that we've never tried to portray is we're not full-time hunters. Um, we don't do this for a living. Um, we're, we're, we are amateurs. And what I mean by that is um, we are hunting to hunt. We're not being paid by anybody. Um, and uh, we don't have hours to set up trail cameras as much as we'd like to plant food plots. And some people can. That's awesome. They're maybe doing it better than us. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a struggle. I mean, it candidly is to try to um, balance everything at times. It's a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. But, uh, Part, part of that, what that statement means to me is like, you, know, you talk about 
I, I think we all have like objectives or things that we want to accomplish in certain areas of our life. And, you know, some things that we did this fall where I was filming him and going with him out in the field made some other areas of my life sacrifice. So then I got to find time to make up for those. And it's just like a vicious circle of how do you balance all these things and be the dad that you want, the husband that you want, be the hunterman that you want, the fisherman that you want. Hunterman, if you picked up on that, I, yeah, I, I, call it up. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd call it out before you guys did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just the, the balance of all that is, it can be taxing at times. It's hard. You're uh, talking to two guys in the same. That's why I love it because the struggle is real. And a lot of people go, well, it must be nice. Yep. But, yeah, it is. When they, when it's up, it's nice. But um, it, it, it's not always up. Be some victim of, oh, my God, it's so hard. Feel sorry for us. That's not at any point what we intend to say the struggle is real. But right. it's, it's, it is a struggle to try to do it all. Um, I just asked Lance to go on a bear hunt um, and uh, this coming June. Um, first week of June. Um, my, my wife's six months pregnant. She's due at the end of May. Um, my other buddy can't go. He's trying to figure out if he can go. And it's like, man, we just want to go on a simple bear hunt. That, that's yeah. all we want to do. <laughs> and it seems to be um, 17 phone calls and, and to try to figure out just a bear hunt. That's all we want to do. And, and that's where we mean the struggle is real. Can we find babysitters for the kids? Can we ensure the wife's can have us go? Can my wife um, have a baby early enough <laughs> for me to <laughs> go. It's just a lot to, to balance and juggle. And um, we want to do eight hunts this year. Would love to, but the reality is we're probably going to do two or three. Yeah. So just trying to balance it all, man. It's, uh, and that's what we mean by that. Yep. And we, uh, it's, it's why I wrote it down because it resonates with us. I mean, how many times did you hunt last year, Gus? Thrice. Yeah, I hunted three times last year because this, the struggle is that this is real. It's like, during hunting season coincides with shopping season, and we're super busy making products. We can't go on hunting trips anymore. I mean, we used to do – we've been on elk trips. We used to go to Virginia, uh, North Carolina in the woods and hunt. We just don't have time, which just – it sucks. Yeah. But this year we're changing that. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to have people on to talk about lessons that we learned last year. We learned that we need to plan way ahead of time when we're going to start hunting. And yep. we've already talked about our struggles, but I wanted to learn why are your struggles real? What did you learn last year that you're going to put forward this year? Yeah. Um, well, one, you just said is key. Um, one of the things we're going to do after this podcast um, is look at a calendar and try to figure out what we would love to do. Um, I met with Wes uh, um, two nights ago. We went over what he would love to do um, versus what we need to do or really want to do. Um, I asked him, can you film this hunt, this hunt? He said, yes, no. Now I'm going to sit down with Lance and now we can go talk to our significant others and our wives and um, decide what we really can do. And then book it versus I think last year it was I asked him to go to Ohio, which was last week in September. I think I asked him around Labor Day. And and that's not necessarily fair to the families. That's what I was going to say. My struggle last year was that everything was off the cuff two or three weeks away. And by the third trip, she was like, OK, OK, like when are you going to take me on vacation? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were trying to do a better job of planning this year. Um, I know my wife keeps saying, hey, I'll support whatever you want to do. But can we just sit down and plan a calendar so it's not, hey, in two weeks, I'm going to go to this state and, and go with Lance Hunting and go this state with Wes. Um, so I think that's the thing we're trying to do this year. Yeah. I, I, uh, I was able to book a hunt in Indiana, um, a season pass, and I went zero times. Paid in full and oh, never man. made it down there one time. And that, that, that sucks. I don't care what anybody says. That sucks. So it is what it is. I didn't do a very good job planning last year. Yeah. 
That's yep. definitely a, a huge on our list. We both talked about that on uh, a couple episodes ago. We discussed lessons learned and, and plans for this year, and it was being more more deliberate in our planning, not just, hey, let's try to hit this spot this year, and let's try to go up back up to North Carolina. No, let's, we need to, and we, we have dates, actually. We've been working on dates for uh, trade shows and stuff that, that we need to try and get to. We haven't even sat down and started yeah. looking at hunts yet. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Uh, it is definitely a juggling act, and and the uh, the spouses most certainly appreciate more than a couple weeks heads up. Otherwise, you end up doing last minute vacations, and those are not cheap. <laughs> no, they're not. I think we yep. both. I think we both did late uh, yeah. la- uh, spur of the moment vacations to make up for other lost. Yep, <laughs> I booked an Airbnb in the mountains to watch the leaves change in Asheville the week before I went. What do you think that costs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I'm sure there's people listening saying, yeah, no, you know, no shit you're supposed to plan ahead and be review a calendar. And uh, those people probably don't have kids married and uh, on full-time jobs because you're right. You know, if I, I didn't have a child or if he didn't have, he has three kids. Right. Um, you're right. You're absolutely right. You can just do what you want. That doesn't work that way. My wife also has a career. Right. So we're trying to juggle it all and, Let's just be honest. Uh, we're, we're guys, and sometimes we don't do the best job. Of- <laughs> I was going to say, maybe, maybe they do have all those things, and you're criticizing yeah. them. Yeah, they're just better at it. <laughs> That's <laughs> possible. Maybe we just drink too much bourbon. And- <laughs> That's what I was going to say, is I have all these ideas that I'm going to do this weekend, and then Friday gets here, and it's like, all right, yeah, just yep. start pouring. <laughs> yep. So what else did you, did you learn anything uh, equipment-wise? I'll tell you what. Yeah, Um I've, so I'm 39. I started uh, bow hunting when I was uh, 13, and uh, um, here I am feeling pretty confident. And I decided to jump to the infamous um, thumb release this year. Yeah. Um, yep. And I was going to do it by myself. I went and bought it, bought a new bow. Figured it's the best time to do it. And uh, um, I am shooting left no matter what I can do. My my, my pins are buried. My I would actually shift it over my, my drop away um, rest. No matter what I can do, I'm shooting, you know, left. And uh, season's approaching, and I can't, you know, just can't figure it out. I go to the archery shop, and the owner walks by me. You know, he's one of these old, ordinary um, ordinary guys and says, you're pulling it. You ain't <laughs> supposed to pull it. And, like, punches my back. Yeah. That's your problem. I look at him, and so he grabs my shoulder, and he says, I want you to do this. And I do it, and it was like a perfect shot. And <laughs> and it, it just felt awkward. Um, so I ended up, you know, bailing out and going back to my my, my normal trigger release. And mm-hmm. I guess the, the lesson learned for me is, first off, you know, um, I probably should have not jumped to something new without maybe asking somebody for help. Versus, you know, thinking, hey, I've watched it on TV, I've watched it on YouTube, I've watched videos I can figure out myself, and I didn't figure it out myself. So yeah, that was a big lesson for me. And um, I then developed target panic, big time, trigger panic. This is why you start um, with the silverback, and you and then once you perfect that one, because that one's based all on, you know, the actual pressure of drawing. Yep. And then and you I can didn't move. Know that. Yeah, that's where you got to start. Yeah. Um. So that, that was a big lesson for me, and I I lost a lot of my confidence. Um. Even going back to the trigger and something I've been doing, you know, for shit twenty some years. Um. And I'm still building my confidence back. And I'm, um. It's weird as how how far i've um digressed in my career of archery hunting um you know and having no confidence so i think by this uh, fall i'll have my confidence back and i'll be you know have a little bit of a swagger than being nervous to pull my bow back or embarrassed to pull my bow back or not want to shoot off people because 
you know, here I am um, hunting my whole life and had terrible shot. Well, you know what they so, say, you got to take a step back sometimes to take three steps forward. So I think I took two, two or three steps back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you might. You might have to jump forward then to make up the time. <laughs> I think B-Man's going to be better at me. Well, that's the goal, right? So, For your kid to be really Yep, and, and he probably will be, in all honesty. So I think it was big for me. Uh, how about you? For me, it was camera. Oh, I was going to say, what would you learn behind the lens? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you the real short version. We spent two months getting me ready, and this is on the – he actually did a built it into the story for Sportsman Channel. It's kind of cool. That was an honor. But spent two months getting me ready. I my confidence up of how to run the camera. We walk out to the blind. I I, I about crap myself. It is this crap ass little plastic blind with sawzall holes cut in it. There's no place yeah. to sit. So we finally figured out how we're gonna set up. I said the only thing that could go wrong is if the buck comes in extreme left. That's and what buck did. came in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I, I learned a lot really fast about um, like setup. Um, I should have a monopod in the, in the, uh, blind with me at all times because the tripod sometimes just isn't going to accommodate what you need. Yeah. So I was, I was bare armed over his shoulder trying to raw dog hold this camera. So we figured a lot out. Texas hunt went a lot more smooth because of that. Um, so just a lot of watching, observing, taking mental notes and adjusting. So it was cool experience. So definitely. Well, we're at the first uh, 25 minutes, so we're going to go ahead and hit our jingle, and then I want you to do the – because, you know, people drop off. They don't have time to listen to the whole thing, so I want to make sure we get all your stuff out first. So tell everybody where to find you. So this week's plug of the week, we'll go ahead and play it. Uh-huh. Oops. It's time for the week. And this week's plug of the week is Working Man Bowhunter, and tell them where they can find you. Um, you can find us on uh, Instagram at uh, at Working Man Bowhunter. Um, you also can uh, watch our TV show, uh, Mountaintop Outdoors, on the Sportsman's Channel, airing uh, every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, we also have a uh, YouTube channel, um, Working Man Bowhunter, or The Climb on YouTube. It's our digital um, platform series that was started this year. So um, reach out to us, connect. We always are looking to chat with people. Hell yeah. <laughs> you guys are hot tech <laughs> yeah we, we try to make it as cheesy as possible it's a it's a goal nailed it <laughs> so do you, you have something else you were we following we plan on linking all those together um oh. one day so it's like we can just play the plugs all at once of like everyone that we had this like a monthly roll up or whatever That'd we'll see fun. how it goes yeah um yeah, I wanted to trans. Did you have something to transition into? Because I have my next point is longer. Okay, no, I, I had a question about something I saw in a video. Uh, there's a there's a video you have on your YouTube page, uh, the one that's kind of pinned at the top and just plays when you start it, uh, yep. just when you get to your page. There, there is a tree stand that you guys get into. It looks like it was hand built, like a platform. Yep. Can you uh-huh. tell me the story behind that? Um, so I didn't build it. Um, it's in a, uh, Northern New Brunswick. Okay. And it's where the, we, uh, go bear hunting, um, been up there eight years in a row. Okay. Um, bear Paul Outfitters and, uh, he builds all his stands that way. Yeah. But imagine, you know, if you hunt in the Midwest, you go with outfitters, you're going to, um, brand new, sturdy, reliable, um, you know, lock-ons or ladder stands. And, uh, Wes and I show up to the stand and we're looking at this <laughs> like, 
Oh boy. <laughs> when I saw well when I saw it it was just it was such a contrast to all your other gear and everything and yep. I was like I bet you th- I bet that was a surprise. Like I bet that was not planned. Oh, either that you or it's got right. a really great story behind it. So I had to, I wrote that down as something I wanted to ask about. Cuz I've seen yep, you are right. Yeah, Matt and I hunted out of a a blind that his called the treehouse that his uncle built and it's exactly what you think. It is it is a you know <laughs> And built in the middle of a tree, it's like thirty feet up. It's high. A wooden ladder, you know. It's got moss growing on it. It's slippery, and it's got deck tape on the uh, ladder seals, <laughs> but it's still slippery because there's moss on the deck tape. But yeah, it's good times. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> the best also, thing about that blind that you mentioned is uh, the outfitter likes to use sometimes uh, um, chicken fat, chicken grease, um, and it's bright orange. And so we put it out. The first night we come back the, the next day to hunt and there's bear paw chicken fat everywhere in the blind. Uh, <laughs> uh, the problem. <laughs> he put it in the blind? The, the bear did. The bear, uh, the bear took it up there. It, yeah. And then you could see bear prints everywhere in the blind. Nice. Where I'm like, oh, it's kind of eerie that the bear was up here. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole time you're sitting there, you're just watching your back to make sure that nothing's and, climbing up the tree. So, so a small bear showed up and started coming up this coming up and we're like, man, this is gonna end really badly. Yeah. <laughs> you keep coming. So one of our friends, Brian, he's a executive producer of the show, but he he has a he sees bears all the time. And um uh we're not telling stories out of school or anything, but they don't always live when they start climbing up the tree. Yep. <laughs> I don't I, I when you're bowling, I don't blame them. Yeah. Yeah, no no pistol because you can't bring a pistol in a wizard in bow season. Yeah, and you can't carry a pistol in Canada. Oh, Not really? Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. Canada. Yep. So. A. Yeah. A. All right. So I know that you're not a huge fan of, or not maybe not a fan is the right word, but you don't do a lot of public land hunting. Is there a reason? Uh, so a couple of things. Yeah, um, we're from Michigan. Um, my dad had a bad experience. Um, I don't know how many years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Time flies. Where um, he went on public land um, and goes out to open a gun and you know it, it starts to get light and you look around and there's, there's people you know hundred yards away from you in orange and next thing you know you hear pow and, and, and you hear things coming through the, the leaves behind you and he just thought it was overall dangerous and scary yeah um, you know so th- that was his one running um, but I think where we're located it's just overly it's hunt, it's over hunted. Um, I think it's just uh, the, the risk versus reward um, doesn't outweigh, you know, so, or the reward or risk doesn't outweigh each other. So to, us, to me, it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of time we have, I, it's just too dangerous in my opinion. Yeah, Now, for sure. you know, I tell you what, guys, if you go to northern Michigan where there's thousands of state land um, and, and maybe you're familiar with it, by all means, <clears> but <throat> we're down here, we're just north of Metro Detroit. Yeah, there's there's very little state land, and the the, 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 the stuff that there is is over over hunted. Big yeah, time. I can imagine. So, so you do mostly outfitters or door knocking? Um, so I, we used to own land, um, and we've since sold that off. Just got too hard to manage. It was up in uh, Farwell, Michigan, which is about three hours north of where we're from. Um, so we sold that. We had a couple, you know, um, um, farmland that we leased. And then, you know, little by little, it seemed like every farmer's cousin, niece, or somebody wanted to hunt and got kicked off. And so now we're, it's usually buddies. We've got quite a few buddies that have land um, in different states or outfitters. So, um, 
I think that's pretty much where we are right now is like uh, Jeremiah from Mountaintop. He, he has a ton of land and leases in different states. So connecting with him and whatnot is what we've been doing. I gotcha. And Lance, did you hunt before or you just got drug sure. in? Actually, last time I, the last time I hunted um, was with some property that Butch secured from a farmer just knocking on doors kind of thing and uh, had the right to hunt there. But even, even that, the last day that I hunted there, I'm, you know, I got out there hour before daybreak, all set up in my blind bow. And here comes some joker with a crossbow and a metal folding chair walking 30 yards in front of me, you know, oblivious yeah. to what's going on hour after sunrise. Yeah. So that's a little frustrating. <clears throat> We've been on the, we, we're kind of lucky where we are because we have so much public land that you could go any day of the season and you won't see anybody. Just if you go to the right mm-hmm. spot. Because there's like yeah. main roads and people just park on the main road and they own that acre. Nobody else will park there. But if you go sure. back an hour in, there's you won't see anybody. All, you can camp back there. You won't see anybody all weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. I, I'm not against public land hunting. It's just not for me. And I tell you, yeah. there's people that make a living off it or, or hunting, um, you know, career off it, and that's outstanding. More power um, to them. It's just not. It doesn't fit for. Well, I'm trying to do with a little bit of time I have to hunt. Yeah. I'd much rather go to a spot that I'm not worried about safety or being ruined. Um, that's just me. Yeah, yeah. for sure. No, it's definitely – uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think you you, made, you point out the difference, right? It depends on the environment you're in, too. We're, yeah, yeah. we're in a pretty, pretty densely pressured public area. Sure. If uh, maybe we had the opportunity for some public land that was a little less pressured, right. you could take a little bit more of an ownership of a certain parcel and learn the movement of the animals. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more appealing. Yeah, yep. I think you. I think you also hit, kind of said it without saying it. But time is a huge thing, right? If you're going to be yeah. successful in public land, you got to put in time and do the scouting. And if you're already working with a minimal amount of time that you need to maximize, you know that time, then playing around on public land is just not. It's just not a good option. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. like I'm going to start right now, going out and looking at um, while the leaves are not there, looking at trails and looking at places that that deer are. And finding my new spot for next year because it's uh, I'm going to try and do a little more public land, but I don't have kids, so I have that benefit. And my wife likes walking around the woods with me, so it's it's um, mm-hmm. for me that works. But a lot of people it doesn't. But then, will that mean I'll be successful? No, probably not. But um, that doesn't necessarily mean paying for an outfitter you'll be successful either, right? Or you guys aren't successful every time you go to an outfitter, right? Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. So two things is one, um, the land that Lance was referring to was a farmer knocked on his door. So, yep, yeah, you can hunt. And uh, there's not a lot of farmers that do that in Michigan. We found the one who let everybody who knocked hunt. It oh. was the exact same. So, um, I mean, I bet you there's 10, 11 people hunt on there. Beautiful piece of property. I shot a really nice buck off it a few years ago. You shot two uh, nice bucks in the same day. Off yeah, I shot. I tagged out the same day. Um, nice. Beautiful deer. Um, this goes back, shit, five years ago now, six years ago. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I put a trail camera out there, and it got stolen. Um, I had another buddy who put a pop-up line out there, and it got stolen. So hunters – I got permission to hunt this land. We're stealing stuff, and it's like, man, what? what, what why do you gotta do that? You know, here yeah. we are. He's hunt on there, and eventually the the farmer got sick of it all and just kicked everybody off. So yeah. everyone's off. Now back to your point about outfitters is uh, we first off when we go with outfitters, typically we um, stay with that outfitter and become friends with them, and it's more than just showing yeah. up once a year, hunting and leaving. Um, we've become pretty darn good friends with a lot of outfitters where we go to the same one every single year. Yeah. I went to Ohio and I think, um, we go with uh, Brad and killing buck outfitters, which I think is one of the best places to hunt. I've been there seven times and shot one time. 
and it was this year with Lance. Wow. And I keep going back every single year, not because um, I'm guaranteed a buck. I'm not. It's because it's the experience. Um, now where I go in Texas, I've been able to go three for three. Um, where I go in Kentucky, I've yet to kill, and I've been there five times. So when I'm booking a hunt, I'm not going off, did I kill or not? I'm going off, can I become friends with the owner? Um, is it worth going? Is it good people in camp? Is it good camaraderie? Yeah. Um, so to me, hunting is not going and seeing a lot of deer, which is a bonus, <laughs> um, or killing. It's it's the whole package uh, for, for me. So, so I love going on trips. I love it. If part of that package included a uh, whiskey class one of the nights, would you be more inclined to go to that spot? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> That's <what I> <laughs> We're trying to get down to uh, go see your, our buddy Colton. I know you guys have been there a couple times. Oh, my God. I tell you what, fellas, um, it's an incredible place. It really is. They, uh, um, first off, um, Colton and his brother Tyler are just solid dudes. Um, it's a pretty sur- uh, surreal operation to think about 43,000 continuous acres. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I believe, oh it's nine miles by 13 miles piece of property. It's wild. Um, that's but yeah, if you guys are ever going down there, let me know when, and I'll be showing up um, to drink some good juice and and to uh, chop it up. But yeah, that's that's a cool place. We're going down there again this coming October, and then I'll take uh, B Man down there again for his birthday in January. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm, I'm I'm already booked twice, and Wes is booked too. We're talking to a couple ranches um, this winter, and it's more like uh, who pulls the trigger first. So, well, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't. I guess I. Maybe I hope it's Colton more than than any of the other ranches, but but we'll see. I just think because because I, I like him and, and we're all kind of like in that same little text group. Even though I'm not in there very often, I'm just so busy. But um, yeah, I think that'd be a good time to go down there and hang out with them. What's uh is that the best place you've ever hunted? Um, as far I as potential, what, uh, um, man, um, Fe Hill's a tough it's a tough place to say it's not number one. Um, I've been to Fee Hill um, four times. We went hawk hunting last spring with Jason Jeter, um, oh. who's John Hill's buddy. Um, and then I've been hunting with John Hill in the fall three times. And uh, it's an overall pretty remarkable place. Um, the deer, the camaraderie, some good old Texas boys, I'm tell you that, <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, so I will say that's definitely a cool place. So, But totally probably Texas? Places. What's that? But probably Texas, you would say? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you were to pick a state, by far, I love Texas or Ohio. Hmm. Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we had Trekking on last week, and he, they said Texas. Texas was the best. Yeah, well, it's the white tail cap of the world. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's surreal. And a lot of people uh, are hard on Texas. And I think, uh, man, I don't want people to make people upset, but I think it's a little bit of jealousy because it is that surreal. And uh, if you can go down there and experience it and experience true fair chase, low fence hunting, I don't know how they grow deer that big or get deer that big. Yeah. I don't. I'll tell you what, though. The other side of it is just what you spoke to. Um, we went down to Effie Hill. And between John Hill, his cook, and his four guides, there wasn't a dude in there that I wouldn't, you know, pick up the phone, go hang out with. Right. They called me because they're all just like real salty the earth kind of dudes. They're, mm-hmm. they're real cowboys. Mm-hmm. And there, there's nothing flashy about them. They're not cocky, very respectful. Mm-hmm. They're just a pleasure to be around. Yeah. Yep. That makes like, a huge difference. Sounds like my kind of people. Yeah. I, uh, 
I've spent plenty of time in Texas, but I've never I've never hunted whitetail in Texas. So oh, I haven't either. I've it. hunted hogs in Texas. Oh, have you? Yeah. I haven't done that either. I'll tell you what. That was that was one of the most exciting things I've done in my life. Um, we put on the night gear, and we had night optics on our our guns, and uh, he put the the truck in creep mode, turned all the lights off. You're sitting in the in the truck with your helmet and your night vision on, and you got this nice semi-auto weapon in front of you with uh, the thermal imaging on it. And then he stops the truck, and you get out, and you're following him under the light of the moon. And then you flip your goggles down, and then you're, you're hunting hogs, and you're trying to stalk within 25, 30 yards of them. And when you take that first shot, sometimes there's a dozen of them in front of us. Then it's just a matter of, you know, how fast can you adjust the gun with the confidence to pull the trigger? And we had a lot of fun doing it. A lot of fun. I'll tell you this. If the conversation ever comes up, Gus and I are friends with AGM Global Vision, which is the industry leading of night vision and infrared technology. And they will bring the brand new stuff that hasn't even hit the market yet. Crazy things that we're not even allowed to talk about, but we've seen them and they're insane. And they will bring them anywhere we want to go to kill hogs. They have a ridiculous uh, marketing budget and they just hired a new marketing guy who we met while we were yeah, at, a, Matt too. At, a, at a recent event. And uh, last year, <clears throat> super cool guys, very laid back and they, they make toys and they love to play with them. They have toys. Like you've never seen toys. They have toys. I'll send you some pictures of some of it. Yeah, they, I mean, I tell you what, nighttime hog hunting was probably the coolest experience I've ever had. Right. That's, that's what I was just saying. Have you guys ever um, hunted it, with yeah. anybody? Yeah. What did you think? Uh, well, the ones that I have were like old army junk, so it's very granulated, but the ones that AGM has is crystal clear. I mean, you can see everything crystal clear. Looking at a human being, it's like they're just a green human. That's all it is. But uh, okay. as far as out in the bush and chasing them, it's a lot of fun, especially with dogs. We had dogs, and the, watching those dogs bay and then catch, fascinating. Yeah, when we were coming up on the hogs, when we got close to them, when you, you look through the scope of the gun, you could see the warmth of the vitals. You couldn't see all the definition, yeah. but you could definitely see the warmth of the vitals and in their head. And I mean, it was like, it's an amazing technology. Yeah, it's crazy. It's wait, wait till, if you ever get the chance to see, if we're going to do Snipers Unknown again, it's in South Carolina. If you're bored, it's in October though, which is hunting time. But if you want to come down and look at it, I can show, their stuff is it's wild. They're probably six months from finishing a patent on it before it's available, and then it probably won't be for sale till next year. But it's it's some stuff from the future. It's crazy looking, right? I'm yeah, not exaggerating it, here. It one of the pieces of equipment takes uh, multiple pieces of optical equipment that you and combines them uh, into a single piece. It like I, that's a that's that's all I'm honestly comfortable describing because I don't I don't know how much like they've shared that with It'd be people. Like if you took a red pen and drew the outline of a deer, like imagine that and night vision and everything else, and just your brain runs wild as to what this thing looks like. It's it's like predator. Yeah, I'll, it looks like predator. I'll say this: the the competitors at this at this competition are some of our country's most elite. Marksman in terms of, well, we can just say there's Navy SEALs, there's Green Berets, Ranger yeah, Bat. I, I mean, these are sick, sick instructors. I mean, crazy. These are people, people. That, that live and breathe with a finger on a trigger and, and with their eyes to a, to an optic. And when they were out that evening showing these guys 
this piece of equipment, you could not these guys could not get their phone numbers and cards yeah. out to these guys fast enough uh, because they, it was just, it was just unreal. Uh, so they had some really cool stuff. And uh, are we still doing that coyote hunt with them or that not, that follow through? Yeah. I don't know. Cause we're waiting on somebody else. Oh, okay. There's another company involved that wants to do stuff, but they're a large company just getting them to sync together. is just impossible. So we'll see. Sure. But yeah, we, we have a, we had a plan to go up. Where are we going? Here, the uh, oh, local here? boy outfitters, a local was a company here. The guy That's owns right. a bunch of land. He was like, "I have coyotes and hogs. Come kill them all." I thought and for some reason we we're going to Minnesota. Is that a different? Oh, that one? was a different thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a way different. We should, thing. we should probably put those on the calendar. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do some predator hunting this year as well because we clearly can't kill deer. Then that's the one thing I'd love to do. I shot my first coyote at with Colton at the uh, Lower Ranch Ranch okay. and uh, smaller one, but uh, I would absolutely love to go on a predator hunt. It's just one of the things I, one of those uh, bucket list hunts I haven't done yet. Does he have to call them in? No, it's not. It's not. Doesn't sound stupid at all. So when we were in Texas for the hog hunt, um, they they set us up pretty well. They gave us keys to the truck. They left us with the right gun, and we brought our own predator call. And uh, we talked about options to set up. And the second night that we went out and set up, we had one start calling, and then we heard a second one calling. And by the time dusk came, there were five of them. And I think they were calling each other in more than they were coming to our call. But they were all moving in on us. But we didn't have any night equipment for that hunt. But, man, you want to talk about – that was bone-chilling, but just exciting. Mm-hmm. heart dropping, Cool as hell. But I didn't get to shoot one yet. So that's uh, that's on my list too now. It's fun, man. That when The darkness adds a lot to it because you, you can see, but you can't see. And mm-hmm. – uh, it's the then, then your mind starts seeing yeah, stuff that your eyes exactly. really aren't seeing. <laughs> you know how at dusk you see the biggest deer you've ever seen, or you know, or at dawn, and then you realize it's a bush or something. But like, <laughs> I've had, I dude, I, my eyes will just start shaking because I'll see something and it's like a buck and he's posturing and moving around, you know. But it's not. I know that it's not. But the night vision, <laughs> it'll do that too because you're like, why? Well, just because you know you can't see that clear, but it, but you can hear it and you're like, where is it at? But it's probably a squirrel or a raccoon. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing how a squirrel can sound like a 200-pound buck walking through the forest, huh? It's nuts. It can sound like a coyote <laughs> running at you to, to bite you or a bear. It can sound like everything. <laughs> I think it may be not knowing what those things sound like. Because when you hear a buck, you know that's a buck. You don't think, oh, that's a uh, squirrel. Um, uh, you got a well in your hand? Looks like what, antique? Yeah, it's one of our store picks. Boom. It's delicious. Always good solid pour. Yep. Good juice. We've got all these um, these Camp Hero Starlight picks that we need to open, but I think I'm going to wait um, for somebody else to get them as well so we can open them together. Who else do we know that got them? <clears throat> uh, Brandon Larson. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> he plays for the Astros, so I thought that would be kind of cool to have him on here and open a yeah. open the Starlight picks together. What do you all, What's your favorite? Old Carter. Really? Oh my god! I mean, it's um, good. Yeah, I'm not um, saying. So oh, he just he just dissed you. Uh, no, 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 I'm saying I wasn't dissing yeah, you. No, it's a surprising I'm answer. Surprising answer. Like you, uh, yeah. uh, so we. Uh, this we, is coming from the guys that mixed. Uh, would you mix Evan Williams <laughs> and early times? Yeah, yeah. You guys. yeah, and you guys, you guys liked it there. 
you guys cracked me up with that stuff. I'm watching this. I'm like, oh, God, I had no clue they were mixing. No, I know. That <laughs> was the point. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was hilarious. We had a blast doing that. But uh, um, Old Carter Rise, um, we have batches, what, five, six, seven, eight? Mm-hmm. And uh, I just traded to get my first Old Carter bourbon. And that should be in the mail either Wednesday or Thursday. So thus far, I'll say, uh, for me personally, I'll say Old Carter batch number six rye. Willet Purple Top. I got two different Purple Tops. That's a solid pick. Uh, a lot of people don't say that either. Willet Purple Top's really good. Oh, my God. I love Willet Purple Top. I will say uh, I love uh, Mister's um, Barrel Strength Rye. Yep, that's a good one. Um, and then I'm going to throw another one at you, uh, um, Weller Full Foolproof. Not um, worth the price, but it's a good one. Yep, I would agree. We got, um, we got a store pick that's pretty Pretty special, and then uh, awesome. EH. I'm looking at my collection. Then EH Taylor Barrel Proof. Yeah, I would say are probably my top five. Yeah, those are good picks, man. I like the okay. EHT Barrel Proof. Have you had um, the rye? Yep, I got a rye. The EHT really rye is really good. It is it's outstanding. Um, and with the one more, you guys, um, that we we are a really big fan of is the very old Saint Nick lineup. Love them all. You do? Well, I'm going to send you uh, the one I bought because I don't like it. I'll, I'll <laughs> really? tape it up real nice and drop it in the mail. I love it. Summer Harvest Rye. Love it. Yep. I think it's the Winter Rye is what I've got. I don't have the Winter Rye. I don't have the Winter Rye. Yeah, okay, so I picked the bad one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, one we don't maybe we have. need to try some of the other ones because we tried that one and pretty much wrote them all off. Yeah, I was like, all right, nope. well, I guess I'm done buying these. No, we got the 8, the 12, the 13, and then the harvest, uh, the summer harvest rye. Do you have the skinny? The skinny? Is it the skinny yeah. one? Is it 13? Yeah, the summer harvest rye is the skinny oh, one. The summer harvest, yeah, okay. How's that one? Love it. Really good. Like you, the summer harvest, and then the other one is, I can't remember the name of it. It's another harvest rye. But one tastes like pear and one tastes like apple. And huh. in the, just like in the front, you know, it's got like a crisp apple taste to it. Sure. And then it comes off with the cinnamon and the, the mint. It's, oh, it's phenomenal. Hmm. Great, great pour. We might have to get mm-hmm. another one. Yeah. We signed them all off because of that one. But I just, I don't know. I also haven't had it in a while. Maybe I'll reach pop it and try. I put it on the top Thanks. shelf and was like, don't touch that one. <laughs> they ain't cheap. Either. No, they're not cheap. I know. That, that's the thing that's up. So if you ain't going to enjoy it, you can Mm-hmm. Hurt a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely send it to you. I'll try it again. If I still don't like it, I'll, I'll send it your way. That way, you have the whole lineup. <laughs> what do you What do you guys reach in when it's top lineup for you? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> you're you're not gonna like our answers, but you want to go well, first. So it's people are always surprised. I just had this conversation with someone else the other day, um, but I have really modest, like easy to find like everyday bourbons that are perfect. like <clears throat> Evan Williams bottled and bond. Um, okay. Evan Williams single barrel. I like, um, I'm a wild Turkey freak. Yeah. Wild Turkey one on one. Turkey one on one is like, that's what I drank. If I go to a bar, if I'm feeling a little special, I'll get sweet tea and bourbon. I get, uh, you know, a quarter, half a glass of sweet tea and fill the rest of the way up with bourbon, um, with wild Turkey. I like wild turkey. I like Russell's store picks. I get always get excited. Depending on the yeah. warehouse, I get excited when I see those. I'm not a huge fan of the barrel proof, both rise. Um, and then Dusty's. If I see a wild turkey Dusty available, that's my pa- that's my is. pappy. That's uh, something from like the 2000s, the 90s, the 80s, okay. 70s. If I see a 101 from 1990 to, or 1960 to 2004 or 5, if it's, 
that's my pappy. So when people spend a thousand dollars on pappy, I'm like, that's bananas. <laughs> but I will spend five, six hundred bucks on on an old dusty wall turkey. I just bought a two thousand two uh one oh one for two hundred and sixty bucks. And it's maybe the best thing I've ever drank in my life. Maybe. Really? Yeah. Show them that old <clears throat> that yeah. old uh Taylor bottle. Yeah, we got I don't know if you can see it. We got this old Taylor bottle. Yeah, I saw you guys getting it. Was that the one you got from the back of a trunk? That's sweet. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly back of a trunk. Yep. That's a wild <laughs> story, dude. You want to know that story? I didn't want to tell it because it's not my story to tell. But I'll own it. <laughs> All right, it's uh, this guy. He posted like on Facebook and was like, "I have eight to ten thousand mini bottles that I just I want to get rid of. They're they're a mix of all kinds of stuff." And and the story goes, this old man collected them all, and then. Something happened, and he got rid of them. Somebody bought them from – or no, his son took over, so maybe he died. His son kept going, and it's like 40 years of people collecting mini bottles from all over the world. So the majority of them are like American Airlines mini bottles. They say American right, Airlines on them. Is this the story that I heard on the news? I don't know. Was it stolen? Because I'm pretty freaking sure this dude stole this stuff. <laughs> no, there was a sale price, a big, 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 big price tag for these mini bottles. So I'm sorry. Go ahead with your story. I mean, I don't know. He he said that he paid 300 bucks for them, which either he's lying or he stole them. But I know he <laughs> won't send pictures to anybody. You have to meet him and look at it. And he just showed up. He like, it's a buddy of mine. He called him and said, "Uh, I'm on the way down. You know, meet me tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. at this Walmart parking lot. And we were like, what? No. <laughs> so we picked noon because we figured more people would be there. So I'm, like, <laughs> strapped up, concealed carry permit. Like, I was pretty sure I was going to plug this dude. And, <laughs> I mean, he just seemed sketchy. But he wasn't. He was fine. Um, but, yeah, he had 10, 15 boxes and a Chrysler 300 just stacked. Every box he could fit in there was in there. Trunk, back seat, front seat. Full of mini bottles and uh, a traveling salesman. He didn't. I'm not going to say what he sold for, but I I promise you, I pulled ten or eleven out that they're going to be able to resell and make their money back. So they like he. I th- there's probably five thousand mini bottles. I had to guess, but he says he has a storage locker full of them, and he has decanters. And he was like, I got well, will wheelers, and and you know he's like naming stuff, and I'm like it's Weller, but but I pulled this one out, <laughs> the old Taylor. And he was like, I have some of those that are in tubes. And I was like, well, that's interesting. You should send me a picture. And he was like, nope. He's like, here's where I live, the town I live in. He was like, come to that town, get a hotel room, and then uh, I'll take you and show it to you. I'm like, all right. Well, it was nice meeting you. Yeah. Uh, no kidding. This all sounds a little creepy. Plot, you a lot further than I would. Plot twist. He owns the hotel, and you never leave. Yeah. <laughs> this is all a true story. I'm not lying to you. Even my buddy that – he knows how much money all this stuff's worth. He he flips old bottles. He's the guy I buy my old stuff from. Um, he was like, "No, I'm not. I'm definitely not risking that." <laughs> that sounds creepy, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. But that's what we drink. I drink wild turkey uh, mainly, and uh, and Gus is a. But I mean, I like Ed Williams. I like. Uh, don't get me wrong. We'll drink wild yeah, all day. We, we like higher end stuff. <clears throat> I just I don't know. My I'm purpose per, per <clears throat> words. Yeah. I am perfectly satisfied sitting down with, you know, I think the question that someone asked me the other day was if you had to pick one to drink for the forever, like the rest of your life, what would it be? And I think I told him. We get asked that a lot. Yeah. What would y'all pick forever? Yeah, drink one bourbon forever. That was it. 
Only one, only one bottle. It would be a rye. <laughs> yeah. It? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I'm like after dinner or something, I, I'm always heading toward the rye. I like them better. I do too. You know, and I didn't before I got COVID. After I got COVID, I lost taste and smell for almost six months. And you can see it in our content where I'm like, oh, caramel and vanilla. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but. <laughs> when I when I got it back, ryes were just money. Yeah, but a rye that has like it finishes like a bourbon to me is like chocolate pie or something. I don't know. It's so good, as you said after dinner. What Elijah? Yeah. Which Elijah Craig did you pour there? Oh, I love it. Toasted Barrel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a good one. Yeah, I love I, I love Elijah Craig as well. Yeah, um, I will say that it's one of my go to bottles. Um, I have like fourteen of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like the Elijah Craig. I like the barrel proofs the most, but um, I, I tell you a bottle that I like a lot that I'm just looking at over at Alba's I have is uh, Eagle Rare is one of my favorite everyday pours. Um, I really enjoy that one a lot. Um, it's hard for a overall, lot of people to get every day, though. Um, it is. It's becoming harder. I would agree. At one yeah. point, you could walk in any uh, mire up in here in Michigan and find it. Mm-hmm. Now it's damn near impossible. Um, I really like High West, the uh, Rendezvous or the uh, the Double Rye. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, the Rendezvous or yeah, Double Rye. Double yeah, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy those a lot. Which Double Rye do you have? Which cask is it? Um, he's talking about the standard pour Double Rye. Oh, okay. You're talking about, they, they have like the finished series. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they uh, okay. The one that he has is the Aquavit. Oh, okay. That's a good one. The Jamaican rum one is the shit. Yeah, we're, we've been trying to get our hands on more of those. We just... I have a hard time coming by in Michigan. Well, you know where you could uh, find them at easily? Any kind of high west you want? Our Patreon page. Oh, really? Yeah. We got and a guy. How much, how we much have, would it cost we have a guy. We have a guy in Utah. Yeah, we have a guy in Utah. He gets us our boo rye, whatever we want. Whatever you want from high west, he just drives over there and gets it. Yeah, when we were looking for midwinter night jam. Yeah, he got me. He got, I heard he got us midwinter. Walking out with a case of it. They That's were selling six at a time. He's, they were $100, I think, and he mm-hmm. was like, whoever wants yeah. one, and he went and bought a case, and everybody at Patreon that one-on-one one got one. He just got us Burai. There's, it's in the mail now. I got a Burai. That's fun. I'm just cool saying, stuff. for $5 a month, you get it's on Discord. So $3 a month, you don't get anything other than you get early episodes. But $5 a month, I mean, $5 a month to find these bottles, we're, we're, it's it's worth it at least for the community aspect. We don't do it like a money grab. Also, we don't get paid a single dollar. It goes invests back into the company. But enough about that. Sure. We're gonna do so our last. That, go ahead. I I just never got to, to chime in. You talked over the top of me, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the one whiskey that I keep going back to. Number one, you said you like the uh, um, the one hundred and one better than the single barrel, but I like the Russell single barrel rye. It's one of my favorites. I think it's just. A really, really nice drinker. Uh, Pikesville Rye is another one of my go-tos. Uh, yeah, I don't have one. I have one of those at home. I don't know that, okay. it's, that it's open right now. I don't think that I've opened have, that. You didn't have one. Mm-hmm. I don't think so I've opened never it. Had it. Oh, okay. It's not here, right? I don't know. I'll I say we opened it track. here. <laughs> I know I have one. I haven't. I don't think I've had that yet. I'm gonna now, now I need to try That's what you can find anywhere here yeah. that I enjoy. I see it pretty Apple often. Old Forester, nineteen twenty. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. That's I would good. say there. If you had to give me one forever, it'd be that bottle. Have you done the nineteen fifteen yet? No, I, no, we haven't. I've been, I've been. It's, it's been popping up a lot lately that it's better than the twenty. 
So you do the 10 and the 20 and you blend it together. That's what the 1915 is. And yeah. uh, it's, it's fantastic. I would blend it, let it sit a little bit. I wouldn't just taste it the same day. Okay. But it's actually really good. It's kind of played out now, but if you haven't done it, you should definitely do it. I still like That's it. That's right. I'm okay with played out. Yeah. I'm 50 now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I can relate. <laughs> yep. All right. We're going to do this, uh, our plug or a uh, random fact now, and then we'll talk about it. This random fact of the week is brought to you by the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast, which is us. It's all joke if you haven't noticed. Um, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Constantine Rafanisk in 1832 discovered an animal in a cave in Pennsylvania. He named it Odocolius virginius, which is the which is a hollow tooth animal. You ever seen a deer skull? You ever seen a deer tooth? What do their teeth look like? Hollow. A deer tooth. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that, that's what it was. But he thought it was a goat or an ox. So the scientific name for the white-tailed deer is that word, Odocolius virginius, uh, and it means the hollow-toothed deer of Virginia that they thought was a goat. But it has three subspecies: the mule deer, the mule deer, Jesus, the mule deer, the whitetail, and the Yucatan brown burkett. So those are the three subspecies of that genus. The whitetail is the only one that remains the only subgenus of that genus. And that is the random fact of the week, that the white-tailed deer was actually named after something they thought was an old goat. Wow. Yeah. And it was out of a Pennsylvania cave, and yep. Lord only knows what else was happening. But then they, <laughs> exactly. But then they found out it was actually from Virginia. So it's the hollow-toothed deer of Virginia. Virginia. That is Virginia. the scientific name for whitetail. Fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Amazing. Yeah. That was a great fact. That was the random fact of the week. <laughs> uh, so so I had – go ahead. No, you please. I have two final questions, but if you no, have – Go ahead. Do you have – I might have just questions. If you have content flow, communication flow. Uh, well, I was going to ask what they had planned for – They, I know you had mentioned a co- that you had like eight hunts you were trying to do this year. Do you Do you? – I know you guys just said you were still planning. Do you have any that are like – because you're doing stuff with like a – you know, a television network. Do you have any that you like have to do? Nope. nope. No? Oh, okay. We have to uh, provide um, 13 episodes. Okay. And uh, they don't have to be 13 um, confirmed kills. It can be just 13 episodes of really good content. Okay. Um, so no, not, no have tos. Cause the whole, if you guys promise not to hate me, um, I'm more of a fisherman than a hunter. That's okay. And, uh, I'm more of a fisherman. has a, a fish in it. Yeah. And I'm going to be negotiating with this guy to go to Colorado or Montana yeah. to uh, do some, some fly fishing on film yeah. and see if we can awesome. play around with potentially incorporating that. Yeah, yeah. You should yeah. definitely do that because I know that when I'm watching hunting shows, a lot of times I'm, I'm just like, all right, it's enough. Well, and a fly fishing break would be actually pretty cool. Yeah, the, sh- the, the short film. Uh, the fly fishing that's that was uh, does another film on there right that was yeah yeah okay um that was me in in our local town yeah 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 Yeah, i thought that was i couldn't remember who which one of you was if that was one of uh, you two but yeah that was that was cool yeah i've never i've I've only took a fly fishing lesson i've never actually been fly fishing yeah my wife knows how to fly fish i I don't i just i'm regular gus and i are like sit on a boat and drink throw a bobber out and see if it moves (laughs) That's, that's me. That's all me. Nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> My style. Yeah. I suck at fishing. Yeah. I'm just impatient. Uh, you said what? 
I'm just impatient when it comes to fishing. I think I yeah. get frustrated. And, and because of the poor technique, you know, it could be that. <laughs> yeah, I've been told you got to leave it out there a little longer. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. We, we went down to Texas and we were at a, a pond that just had massive bass. And I, and I probably cast it, I don't know, 30 times, probably more, nothing. And he's just, every time he's casting, he's pulling out two, three, four pounders, just hammering them. <laughs> he knows the secret. I went to a, uh, <clears throat> I went fishing on a, I went on a work trip to, uh, Virginia, one year at Fort Belvoir, and they have a pond, a lake you can go, like this recreation area, and they had this dock, <clears throat> and I brought a travel fishing pole, and there's these gentlemen that had been out there fishing, you could tell for some time, because they had their coolers and their chairs set up, <clears throat> and I walked out there and with this little little beetle spin, a little white-colored worm, I cast it out, reel it in, I got like a nice little one-and-a-half-pound bass, and I looked up, and they're all looking at me like, this motherfucker just walked out here, cast one time, caught, <laughs> caught, a, caught a bass. And it was so funny to me, the reaction. I just let it go, packed my rod up, and left. Yeah, I, I caught, caught one fish and left on, yeah. on one cast. And they had been out there, it looked like, all day. That's, I do this all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was worth the memory, but I I do regret not sitting and fishing longer. Yeah, now it's over. I've already I've already uh, I've already done what I've come here to do, and it's time to go home. What was that? What one? was that? Black, Black, is it a willet? Blackened. Is it a willet? Yeah, yeah. This is a it's it's almost a gimmick gimmick whiskey. Yeah, um, it's the ACDC. Uh, they they Metallica. 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 Yeah, they blast the yeah. barrels with, with music, and uh, and yeah. that makes it better. That's right. Yep. Does it does it taste metallic? I'm not a huge all fan of Willet, so I've wondered how this one is. All the uh, all the reviews were really good, hmm. so figured why not? Yeah. Well, I would like to know. One. Walk me through a tasting. I would like to know. So this is uh, finished in Madeira. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Madeira casks. How's the nose? Sweet. Very sweet. Can you smell the Madeira? Can I smell it? <laughs> can, you, can you smell the Madeira? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Jeez. It's coming through with a little bit of citrus, a little bit of honey, mm-hmm. a little bit of blackberry. Does it taste better than pot still? <laughs> yes. Okay. So it's a tricky question. <laughs> Because you're, you're, people are in one camp or the other, man. You, I, feel, I feel like people either love it or they hate it. <laughs> Kyle Yelton loves pot still. Really? Loves it. It's his favorite thing. He can have it all. That's what I told him. <laughs> Every drop. <laughs> so Kyle's a good dude. Um, we become pretty uh, pretty good buddies with him. Yep. He called yeah. me when he was walking through the woods, left me a voicemail, and was like, you hear this steam engine? <sighs> <laughs> he was just he's like i'm fat so i called him back i was like dude i'm pretty sure you're in better shape than i am and um <laughs> yeah i guess he decided to walk like 70 30 acres in the snow yeah yeah he called me the same thing we talked a little while um, i'm like dude you're breathing pretty hard yeah <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm going uh um i don't know if you're gonna go or not but yes. uh we went pheasant hunting with him uh, last week in march yeah he actually told me about that that uh for his bachelor party or something yeah so it'll be a good time. Yeah, that sounds like fun. This is almost too sweet for the first it, time ever. It tastes like uh, it almost tastes like a uh, cognac. 
like almost like a tea, like you're drinking a, it's different. It's small amounts. It's good taste. Just a little too sweet for me. It has a, a coffee tea aftertaste to it. It does. That doesn't taste natural in a bourbon. Hmm. Good, because this is rye. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Would you, it tastes herbal like a rye, you say. He said it doesn't taste natural no, in a bourbon. I know. I was trying to save him. Because this is a rye. I was trying to save him. a coffee taste to it, a coffee herbal tea. Yeah, that's, that's um, like a floral tea yeah. note to the end. And uh, to have a glass every now and then would be bad. Um, it's not bad. It's not something I need to go look for then. To, too much money for what it tastes like. Yeah, and I bought that. a bottle too, so. Did you? Yeah. Do they have a secondary part? Like, like, does your, do you have, uh, you don't have state stores. So yeah, obviously. Yeah. That's what the majority of the stuff gets marked up. Oh God. There's only, there's only a couple stores that pride themselves on statement, everything. Really? Nice. And they, do, they do a lot of business. I they bet really they do. do. Yep. Your best bet is honestly, it's going to sound weird, but Kroger and Meyer stores like that family, like a local, like Bush markets or holiday market. But Lenny from Maria's. Yep. He's probably the best store owner I've met in Michigan. Everything is statement. He's not condescending. He's willing to talk to you. He's just a really, really cool dude. Yeah. He knows him a lot better than me. He'll actually show you his receipts of what he got in. I mean, he, he puts everything wow. out there. Hmm. He's probably the most genuine store owner we've ever dealt with. Does he drink? Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, he runs a pretty cool whiskey club where he actually, you know, Michigan, Michigan got screwed this year. By um, but BTEC specifically, everybody gets screwed on BTEC. Yeah, nobody knows where it went, but nobody got any. Yeah, I know. And uh, he actually put some of his own bottles from his own collection in the club just to make sure his paying customers got cool bottles. Just a good dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like we need more store owners like that. (laughs) Every other store, every other store owner down here doesn't drink. Yeah, the drone don't. They don't know anything about it, and then they don't. They don't. You have to ask to get this stuff. It doesn't just show up. So not not them ever asked for it because they don't know to, and yeah. uh, it just sits there. Yeah, they all know because they know what they can mark it up for. Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, they know really well. I walked in the store. Um, are you guys familiar at all with Michigan? I know this thing. <laughs> I flew. In, I flew. In, I've had yeah. Lay, yeah. I've had layovers in Detroit, and I I looked. I tried to look at Michigan from the shore of uh, Minnesota up by the. Uh, the wilderness area, but that's I, about I as close. I deployed to Afghanistan with a guy that per- thought he was as badass like Eminem and said he was from Detroit and all this shit or stuff. And then come to find out he's from Ann Arbor. That's all. I, uh, but I know that. <laughs> Which is like one of the most liberal towns in the whole yeah. state. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Mild the worst thing that happens there is people smoke a lot of dope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now you know that my extent of Michigan. Yeah. Right. Okay, so there's a few party stores you can walk in that you'll find anybody you want at full secondary. So if you want a Pappy 23, no problem. $5,500. Oh, yeah. There you go. They have and that here, come, too. And it's like, come on. Um, yeah. I really like the bottle. My number one bottle on my list, and I just told Kyle this yesterday, is I want Stag Junior 2021. It's the only bottle I really care about. And I found a bottle, 350 I'm like, come on, man. I'll overpay. I get there, there. There's a need for secondary, but I'm not paying 350 um yeah not so for stag junior no um you know and i will i'll overpay i just that's a lot of money okay so i got a little story for you real quick um he invites me over for a blind we're gonna do some <laughs> we're gonna do some high strength bourbon uh barrel strength bourbon blind tests 
I picked out four. I got my wife setting them up. You know, I'm not even going to know. We're going to go down there. We're going to go through these one through four. And we come down here and we knew what they were. And um, one of them was Stag Jr. And we're going through and we're tasting. And he's like, this is the Stag Jr. I swear. We, we had drank enough of it. We thought we knew it. And uh, when we got done ranking them, we found out that we placed uh, the EC Barrel Proof, the Ledger Craig Barrel Proof, number one, mm-hmm. and the Stag Junior was number four. Which barrel proof And this was poor it? bastard had like twelve bottles on his shelf. That was the pride oh, of his no. collection. <laughs> <laughs> now just came in last in a blind. <laughs> he was, was, was crying for two weeks, man. Every time I came over, I can't believe that this Stag came in last. <laughs> <laughs> Which barrel proof was it? B five twenty. Okay. We we did the barrel the battle proofs and we did B five eighteen all the way through A one twenty one and B five eighteen, dude. The camera died halfway through and it's unfortunate Boy. for all of you. Yeah, because <laughs> we, we did, did we, we did, did all the Elijah Craig's and all the Larsenies. and the Larsenies in one video. I got I got a five seventeen. Do you? I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot left, but I got a five seventeen. The five eighteen was. Was money was definitely the best of all. I can't remember which ones tried. I picked, but the, uh, the A121, the 5810, those, those those stood out for sure. Yeah. The Stag has oh. always drank, Stag Jr. has always drank hot to me. It hasn't been one of my favorite bottles. The uh, the, the Elijah Craig 920 for me was, it met all the hype. I think that's I the one. The that might be the one that we killed first. Like we were okay. like, this is good enough to drink, and we can get another one, but we never got another is one. Is it right there? Like we have a stag up here, and then right behind, behind the King, the Kings County. There you go. Oh, this is a one twenty one. Oh, it is it okay? Oh. Yeah. So the the nine twenty, I actually went and visited a buddy out in Boston, and I said, take you know, find out, from, talk to your buddies, and like, what's a good bourbon store? And I walked in and, and mixed in the rest of theirs. They had two 920s. This was middle of last year, so it was already way past. Um, two of them. I sent him a picture. I'm like, you want one? He's like, yeah, I want one. So I had to mail it home. Um, but, yeah, I, I had to find it in Boston. That's the only place we could find it. It wasn't available here at all. It went fast, and you couldn't get your hands on it. You guys have those super cheap flights out of there? Like we have here, we have like $39 flights to Kentucky and – $70 flights uh, to the Midwest. The only time that ever pops up is Chicago. And if we talk pre-COVID, sometimes like Tampa would pop up for like 129 or something. But you got to go when they want you to go on that on your terms. We have yeah. them. Well, so one of them is whenever you want. The other one's Friday through Monday. So you have to leave Friday and come back Monday. But it's for real like $39. Yeah, it started I after they they re, they renovated our yeah, our, our airport, airport added some some terminals and they they got some airlines in there that just do like flights between here and a couple of other cities and uh it's just to drive tourism here I think is what it is but it's but we were considering that we could a, we could fly from here cuz one's to Louisville so we could fly to Louisville bourbon hunt for a day and then fly back that night for that would be that would be 100 sweet. bucks yeah like that if they're doing a release or something. Yeah. It's been a thought. We got that problem, but but we won't we don't have that kind of dedication to go hunt. Well, we've been threatening to, we've been threatening to go down to Indiana to hit MGP just because why not? There's a number of places around there in a bottle that you could pick up some good stuff. Yeah, for sure. We could do a day trip. But yeah. I haven't made it a reality yet. <laughs> 
That's a good day trip. You should do it. Whenever we go buy barrels, we always stop at a bunch of places on the way. It takes 12 hours to get there and back because we can't help but stop and check liquor, liquor stores. <laughs> it's a four-hour drive. It takes us 12 hours. Yeah. But. <laughs> All right. I think that's about it, man. It's uh, it's, Is it y'all are central? Eastern. Are you still Eastern? Way over yep. there. Who would have known? I need to learn my time zones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a 45-minute drive home and uh, work early. And I got to eat dinner at some point. So I think I'm going to cash out here. Dinner's important. Good yeah. conversation, fellas. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah, thanks Pleasure. for thanks for hopping on. We appreciate it. Send you blinds of this next. <laughs> I've actually never had it. That's bad. Is it? I, was, I, I actually pulled it out to have another one just to see. See, it's, it's, that bad. it's been a while since I've had one, but I'll do it off camera. No, I'll do, uh, yeah, I'm gonna pour it. I want. I'm gonna taste it too. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's been good talking <laughs> to you guys. Yep. We Our will. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon, and we'll um, maybe do this again before uh, before the season starts. We'll see what everybody's up to uh, right before season starts, and then uh, maybe check. Yeah, be cool. yeah, then check in again at the end of season. See how everybody did. Yeah, we kick ass. And where do I? Where do we pick up this information about this uh, vision? I mean, the, the night vision place your uh, company you're talking about. It's called AGM Global Vision, but you can just text me and I'll send you their uh, their Instagram. It's like it's wild. Yeah, I just want to check it out just out of curiosity. I don't know if they have pictures of it on there yet, but you know, that's can, cool. I'm sure I can I can send you. I'll, I got you. Okay. All right, fellas. Cheers. Have a good right. night. Hey, cheers, y'all too. Thank you. Have Take a care, good day. All right, fellas. See ya.